Hi, and welcome to episode 11 of Raising the Revival Generation. And this episode, we are uh, going to jump back into our personal journey and our personal story. And we're going to start off when, uh, when the world got completely flipped upside down. Our personal life and just the rest of the world with all the craziness that was happening. And you've probably come to know this term very well over the past couple of years. You've seen it all over the news. You've seen it on Facebook. Uh, and it's COVID-19. Coronavirus. As the world was going crazy, our life spiraled into chaos. But not because of COVID-19. No. Although it did help. Yeah, actually. It It was was like a blessing to our family. It was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. And so uh, before we jump into that, before we jump into our journey through the chaos of COVID-19, which is actually kind of a fun journey for us. Yeah. Um, we're actually, we're, before we, a little bit of house cleaning or house business stuff, what? right? We, um, I have no idea what you're talking about. We'll just kind of share about what's happening, update, and then we'll jump into our story so that we don't just get them off, off guard. Oh, you mean like we're setting the stage? Yeah. In case you haven't listened, I believe it's episode one and two that really talks most about. Yeah, you can't have, you can't have like eight episodes of just like random stuff and then you jump back into a story. Funny. Everybody's lost. Yeah. So, uh, so let's recap, let's recap, um, and, uh, in episode one, what did we talk about? Well, our journey, how we got here. I, I guess we talked a lot about, um, kind of the before, like where we're at before, uh, which was, you know, uh, living the Christian life, serving in ministry, but trying to do so in vain, really without the Holy Spirit. That's kind of the best way that we could describe it, um, in all aspects, in our ministry, and in, in our marriage, and definitely with our parenting. Yeah. Yeah. So. And the struggle that that was because, mm-hmm. because as, I mean, ministry, even parenting, if you're going to do parenting right and you're going to do it according to the Bible, you're going to do it spiritually. Right. Right, because the Word of God is spirit. Like, um, like the Holy Spirit breathed all of, here, I'll grab this right here just for an illustration, this Bible that I'm holding in my hands in case you're listening. Right, the Holy Spirit breathed this. It says that no man, no man wrote this, but anybody who wrote in this was carried along by the Holy Spirit. Right, God ordained this word. God breathed this word, and this is how we got it. Um, and so, in this, when, if you're going to parent according to this, you're going to parent spiritually, which is something that we had to discover. It wasn't natural. It was there was no parenting yeah. class that taught you that how to parent with the Holy Spirit. No, no, how to do any of it. How to be even marriage. Yeah. And so, with that, um, we had to we had to learn out. Well, we kind of figured it out the hard way. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's been like our story, though. The, We've done everything the hard way. Yeah. Like from school to like marriage to like even having baby. I mean, everything we've done the hard way. Yeah. And, and even when you go out and you look for the best materials that you can, you don't find, well, at least we haven't in our search, we haven't found the material that, that really emphasize the Holy Spirit in leading you on how to do right. things. Right. Right. Um, there's always all there's all, like there's so many self help books. There's parenting for dummies. There's what to expect when you're there's all yeah. these different things, but most of the majority of the time that's just listening to the best opinions of men, and they're not wrong. And a lot of them right. can be helpful. That, that's the other thing. You don't just throw it all away. Mm-hmm. But really, it's about the relationship that you have with God and how that flows through. Through that relationship, flows into every other relationship you have, including your marriage and your kids. Right. And so that's the journey that we were on. Yeah, and that was our, that was a journey that God set us on, right? I don't think we set off to to go do the things that we did in the manner that we did. No, I mean we really felt we really thought that we were doing things right in the way that we were supposed to, 
Yeah, because there's a way that seems part. right to man. Right. Like we, we felt called to do ministry, so we were doing ministry to the best of our ability, which took a lot of energy mm-hmm. and a lot of our own, uh, our own efforts. Right. And the results were okay. Right. So even with our parenting and with our marriage and with our ministries, what we did is we would just model what we did off of what other people did, other people in our lives or in books or in, you know, TV shows and, and stuff like that. Like, I mean, I remember when we were back having Adeline, you know, like the Duggars were a big TV show and people would be like, oh, well, Michelle Duggar. And of course, like now um, I would, I basically, if I hear that she would do it one way, I would do it the opposite because that's just, you know, where I'm at. But, you know, you just, you just follow you had like John and Kate plus eight who were kind of big at the time too. And look yeah, at that one. Right. Exactly. I mean, so many of them and you, and, and then you, you've got the parenting books and you know, you've got your books and know oh, you got to listen to this, you know, person that we've all listened to forever. And, and then, you know, you, you find out along the way that you really don't agree with what they're saying or their methods of how they're doing it. And, you know, you got to kind of figure it out. But for us, we didn't, we didn't put a, lo- a whole lot of planning into how we were going to raise our family or how we were going to conduct our marriage. We just kind of started out and did it, and there was not there was no really thought in it. We just kind of meandered, wandered. Yeah, well, because we didn't have any insight into what we needed to do. And you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, it's... and that's that's why we're doing this. That's why we're having this podcast because we want to share our journey. And, uh, and, and say, Hey, like we want to prevent, if we can prevent anyone from, from kind of making the mistakes that we did, we would do it and just say, start out with the Holy spirit, start out with that, you know, instead of having to backtrack. And even with our kids instilling that in them now. Mm -hmm. So like, it's, it's not that we weren't believers in Jesus. Right. It's that we segregated Jesus to certain areas of our life. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it was when we got married. I know it's like the two become one, and they did that. Remember, Pastor Ken did that whole peanut butter and jelly thing. Oh yes, I um, remember. With bread mm-hmm. and Jesus, it's a weird thing. So you got peanut butter and jelly, which are made to go together, and then the bread, which is God that binds you them together. Never want props for the sermon illustration for your wedding. Well, that's what happens when you get a youth pastor doing your message. True. Uh, he was a youth pastor at heart, and he's, he was a great man. But uh, but he gave us our first meal together That's which was true. which peanut wasn't communion it was peanut butter and jelly well um, we did do communion we did yes we did yeah but with that um i mean there's all the lingo there's the christianese mm-hmm. right and you think that it's just going to be easy and you think that it's it's just going to be like yeah god of course but it, it it's when it becomes like inconsequential that it, it you suffer yeah you suffer and it's not just inconsequential like 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 god in your own thing but it's god in both of in both so like so like it's easy just to go to god and be like well god this is the woman that you gave me and and she doesn't listen to nothing um and i'm not saying that's you but i'm saying but but you can but you can have those times of frustration Mm -hmm. and it's and it's not it's not listen necessarily listening to god for the communication it's just bearing your grievances because you haven't been figured out what's wrong with you or what you need to change in order for the two to become one Mm -hmm. and so that was a big part of the beginning of our marriage it was two individuals living in a, a house Right. And I'm pretty sure that if we look at most people, because the divorce rate in the first three years of marriage is rough. Right. Um, that you would actually be able to say it's the same. Right. And then and then toss in and we got pregnant with Adeline pretty early, very early. And uh, that, that's a whole different ballgame. You know, having it, throwing a baby into the mixture is a whole different ballgame. And then for us, you know, basically every two and a half years, we have another baby. And it was immaturity. Yes. So there's a lot of immaturity when you get married. You think you're ready. You think you know, especially coming out of college. Yeah. But the worst thing that happens when you're in college is you think you know it all. Yes. 
Um, and so just speaking from experience, if you're in college, hear this, heed this, and just listen to me. When you go home and you start, start quoting off what every professor says in your school, um, there's, some, there's some practical experience that needs to go along with the knowledge that you've obtained, and that's called wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> so you can have knowledge, but without wisdom, you don't know how to apply it to your life, right. and you end up in pits and destruction. And so with us, we had knowledge. We knew certain things. We knew the word of God. There's the dog barking, if, it's the, if you can hear that. Um, he's probably going to bark the whole episode now because he started. Probably. But, um, but you can obtain knowledge, and you can obtain knowledge and know what's right, but wisdom is how you practically apply the knowledge to your life. Right. And so when you first get married, you can read all the books, you can do marriage counseling, and you can gain knowledge. Mm -hmm. But wisdom, the spirit of wisdom is what, is what lacks. Well, and, and also just of, experience. Well, yeah, that's, that, you, that, know, you that's, gain wisdom through experience. So I know what right. to say and what not to say now. And I know it. Right. And wisdom says don't do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like when we were on the phone the other day and you called because the dog had an escape and I, and I knew what I was saying and I knew what I was doing when yeah. I said, will you calm down? And you were like, don't tell me to calm down. And I knew that that was the reaction I was going to get. So there was knowledge there. Yeah. But the wisdom to practically apply it to the situation wasn't there. Mm. Mostly because there was this like frustration and um, chaos. Right. Chaos, keep your wits about you. Otherwise, it could save you a lot of arguments and a lot of trouble. But with that, so anyways, so for us at the beginning of our marriage. Um, you went way back. Yeah, I don't know why. Because <laughs> we started talking about avoiding. Especially talking about COVID-19. COVID-19. We'll get there. Oh, we're like coming out of co I mean, well, I guess in the middle of it. Of yeah. What happened. But I, I, so we're painting a picture for you. We got married young. Um, <laughs> and we had a lot of kids. And we had kids young. Like there was no gap. It wasn't, yes. and we, we um, and then we just kind of got thrown into it, and then we were working full-time. We added ministry to that, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and then it brought us to this point in uh, 2020 where um, where COVID-19 is just starting to get on the news, right? We're hearing about it in California and, the right. and that, well, no, we and went that into, cruise we ship. Went, we went into lockdown. Yeah, but I'm talking about at the beginning, January. Mm -hmm. so, it, yeah. so it's like trickling, and all these things are happening, and then boom— uh, COVID-19 is fully, fully fledged on us, and we're no longer doing church. We're doing youth group through Skype, which is... Zoom. Zoom. You just aged yourself. Skype, wow. Zoom, which is terrible. Yeah. Um, and, then, uh, and then right in the midst of that, we, uh, we lose our job. Yep. It was, um, it was three days before my birthday, actually. I remember that. Happy birthday. Remember, happy birthday. Um, <laughs> who would have not thought, though, that the, that the journey that we were on would be some of the happiest Such times of our time. life? Yeah. Um, so in the moment, right, when God moves you in certain situations, it's rough. Yeah. It's hard. You don't know. You don't, you don't know what to expect. And I don't even know if we had, and this is God's grace in it too, because I don't know if we had enough faith to ever leave the situation that we were in. Well, we had, a, we had, I mean, we had been trying to leave for a pretty good long time. We had been through the ups and downs of, you know, submitting resumes and, and things of that nature. And there was, you know, one church that we would have, I mean, we would have. this is after I got left there. I, before no, oh, okay, I'm, okay, I'm talking about okay, before. You, before yeah. there was one church that we fell in love with that we absolutely, and when we spent a lot of time there, would have stepped into um, had they uh, done. I don't know. Had they decided that they wanted Jesus, basically. Um, oh yeah. yeah. And so, uh, yeah, but and we had a date in mind that we said, okay, you know, this would be it. But of course, like you don't really know, like in three months, like if, if you would actually follow through with that. You know. And no one was planning for COVID nineteen. No, no one was, and you didn't know how long it was going to be—a couple weeks. So that or was whatever. like that was like the fast. That was like 
speeding up timeline. Sure. So we had our own timeline in our head where we said by this time in, and we gave a two year period actually was our time no. frame. When, well, then we first. sped it up. Then though. we, yeah, then we started speeding it up. We, but and we, in that January, we said six months. We would give it until June. Yeah. And then it so was, cut, it, was it was cut short to, to April. To April. Yep. Um, and, and with that, so like COVID hits, um, and then that was the, uh, that was the time mm-hmm. in which I got let go from being the youth pastor at a different church. Associate pastor of family ministries. Yeah. But my heart was youth. Youth, yeah. Which so, is, yeah. Yes. So then <laughs> that was kind of the. Conflict. So then, if you listen to the, you know, if you listen to our previous episodes, that's when we go into that essentially that summer, we started serving with Crazy Pastor Sam. Well, and that, of, and and so we're gonna before we jump into that. So you're like way back to so, Yeah, I am because okay. after that time from because there's a lot of heart hurt that happened. Sure. So that's what I want to cover. Well, I thought we were talking about. Well, we're gonna get the birth of her child. We're gonna get to that part too. Okay. Because we got we got, we got an hour. All right. So we got a lot Well, I am having here. charcuterie ladies tonight. Okay. So, so, so within the, that time frame, so we get let go, the house that we live in goes for sale, and then it actually sells. Yeah. So now in this time frame right here, this is the camper. <laughs> and so what was, and so to clarify, um, we, we had thoughts in our head on what we were going to do, right? We bought the camper. So that we wouldn't be the camper is after we fed the kids that summer. Yes, I know, but I'm skipping that. Well, they don't know that. Well, okay. So now I'm clarifying. All right. So this this episode's all messed up, but (laughs) I hope you can pick piecemeal some of it together, some of our life. And so when we got let go, so there's no time to really process stuff. Is what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. And so when one bad situation happened, another bad situation happened. Sure. And so then we're left like we're just like, what are we gonna do? Where Mm -hmm. are we gonna go? What is God doing? Because this is a whirlwind, and we didn't even necessarily believe that God would answer us. Or God would lead us or guide us because we were so hurt and so broken and we had become so um, indoctrinated into like doctrine and I'll just say reformed theology, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But just the lack of the presence of God and the experience of God in our lives was what what drove us, which led us to despair. It It was literally despair. You lose your job in ministry. That's devastating. Yeah. And it's embarrassing. Sure. And it hurts. So I'm just being real with you guys. So if you can relate to that, you can you can listen to and our you're story. Cu- and, you're, and you're cut off from people that have been family. Love. Yeah, people love, you love. People have been, and, and on top of that, you're also, a lot of times when you're, you're incredibly wounded by people yes. who are supposed to love you and have walked with you through all these things and whatever. And then then the next day, you know, well, you, and, and you're, they're not talking to you. And, and they couldn't because COVID was happening. So you can't go just go see them because everybody's paranoid. I can't just go to someone's house and be, hey, I'm here to say Because like, they were paranoid of that stuff. Sure. Masks. Uh, you couldn't buy toilet paper for crying out loud. Yeah. People were so bad that you would have to – we, we live in Vermont at that time. And we'd go to Shaw's and the only toilet paper they had was like half ply and it was all in Spanish. You couldn't even read yeah. it. And that was what they were selling. It was like right. 99 cents. And like people were buying that up by the, by like, they were crazy. So in that time, we we're cut off from everybody. We, were, we have no church family. Mm-hmm. There were people that we really loved. And because of the, the time frame of which we got cut off, there was no saying goodbye. Yeah. It, was, it was immediately, and then it was done. Yeah. And that was it. You, there, was no, there was no going sure. to your friend's house and right. saying, hey. This but we is. did. I mean, we did. We though, were able to reconcile relationships. And, and there, was, there were people who stood with us during that time. Yes. So we weren't complete. We, you know, there's, well. We had friends. We had friends and, and you know, who we you had are. friends we lived with. And, right. We and so there's people who really walked with us, through, you know, through, through these difficult times. And, and in the meantime, we were building relationships at our uh, current yeah. church. 
And so that was slow. And I mean, just for months, I was like, oh, well, you know, this place is never going to be like our home. Like it's not home. You know, we're just, we're just landing. It felt like, it felt like being gypsies. Yeah. Right. Kind of like we had no place. We had no home. home. I mean, literally we had no home. (laughs) Yeah. We bought a camper. And so, but like, like I, I I always want to preface this thing. Like the camper was not our only option. Like, like we could have taken out a mortgage and purchased the house. We, we were looking at that, yeah. We, we could have um, rented. I mean, th- there were options that we would have had at that time. But for us, because we had resumes all over the country, we just said, well, it wouldn't be wise to purchase a house now because we don't know what, like, we're not planning on staying here. And, like, we don't want to sign a lease because, again, we're not planning on staying here. And, and God had other plans. Oh, yeah. So so in the in the midst of that, we were, we're like, we we're talking, we don't want to be tied down. Mm-hmm. We don't know where we're going to go. So if you sign a year lease and then all of a sudden you get a job in Tennessee, right? What are you, you going to do? Doesn't it didn't make any sense for us? Um, and we and also we didn't. However, we did not really have a family option. No, you're where right. we? I mean, I mean, we could have gone and like stuffed in with my parents, but none of us would have been happy. No, you know? and, so. and and with that too. Um, but so we we're thinking of the camper as being this time where we're in transition. It won't be long. And I always wanted a tiny house. Yes, and now do you? No. I mean, I think a tiny house is great if you're single or if you're just a couple and maybe one baby. After that. I'll tell you what, running water would have changed the whole thing. That is A a little bit. A little bit. I'm not saying a lot. Well, finishing the renovations would have been a Um, a bigger thing for us. But the biggest thing will be what we talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um, But so we're sitting there. We're saying we don't want to be tied down. Mm -hmm. And God's and actually, so as we're saying that, this is when Crazy Pastor Sam Mm -hmm. sees us buy a camper. And so we're like, we don't want to be tied down. We don't know what God has in store. We don't know where we're going. And Crazy Pastor Sam says, oh, they're so dedicated to staying. They're willing to stay in a camper. So that's the way that God God changes situations. Which is amazing. Oh, my goodness. Which is amazing because all of the pastors at this church – Lived in a camper. Have lived in a camper. Like come to this area and lived in a camper for a amount of time. And there's there's one family that they're they didn't end up in a camper, but in a extremely small space. So like, but they got a toilet. But they had praise God. Water, we paved the which way. Which none so of they us others. And I think and I think like it's progressively gotten better because I think like uh, Pastor Sam, Pastor Crystal, and then Cheryl and Pastor Harvey. I think like the, like their RV. Like I'm not even sure that they had heat Ugh. in like winter in New Hampshire. So like progressively like we had heat praise god we had heat so like progressively they paved the way for us progressively it's gotten better but it's interesting how god has been like well if you're gonna come to this church you know you're gonna you're gonna literally get rid of it all you know all of your stuff you're gonna leave the world behind you're gonna come live in an rv on church property and then you know but god god has honored it and so yeah and so god honored that so we're god honored pastor sam pastor crystal and cheryl and harv you know like and so we, we were transitioning out of the other church. We're coming to this church. There's a lot of baggage. There's a lot of hurt. Um, we're, we're stuffed in an RV. An RV. Five kids, camper. one dog, two cats. Yes. One kid at school. Yes. And, and, um, and so we're, we're stuffed in that RV. Uh, and, and, and so at first, just so the way that you process things so mm-hmm. that some people can understand, you, you try to look at, for me, at the beginning, it was just despair. When I came home and I told you what happened, Kind of had a sense. Yeah, we knew it was coming. But it was just, it was just like a knife to the, sure. to the heart. Um, yeah. And so you're sitting there, you're, you're, you're mourning, mm-hmm. um, especially in a church environment. It's not like letting, being let go from like a business sure. or a corporate place. You might have friends there, but, but the church is family. Right. And so there were people that I knew there since I was a, a, a 
baby. Yes. They saw me grow up and become a pastor. And, <laughs> yeah. and so that was really hard and really difficult. And then after that mourning process almost comes like an over the top, uh, like you try to, you try to compensate yeah. with o- like over optimistic view mm-hmm. almost. I don't even know if that's like a, a, like you just. Well, you get to a point where you're going to, you have to like pull, you know, your boots on and you've got to say like, okay, well, this is what it is. So we're going to embrace it. But you, you do, you almost like hype it, hype up the situation of like, well, you know, we're better off. And you know, so, like that kind of thing, and everything's gonna be better. Yeah, and so, and then, so COVID's there. We let mm-hmm. go, um, and then we go on a tour of the U.S. We did. I mean, <laughs> who who gets fired from a job and then like drives across the country in the middle of a pandemic? Us. Um, not with the RV though. So it would have been handy, but it's okay. We. I don't we, know. I think it would have ate all our gas. Yeah. So we did. We um, our our dear friend was getting married and. We were all a part of the wedding, and so we we did. We went for a couple of weeks with some friends of ours, and we you know packed up our vehicle and drove across. And we had the best trip. It I mean, was, it was, it was an incredible fun. trip. Like we were just so blessed. It was just it was a time, it was a chance to get away to get away and decompress. And a lot of people you know went to Colorado, and you know because it's kind of who we are. People are like, oh, they're going to love Colorado. They're going to move to Colorado. We get there, and we're like, no, this is not for us. <laughs> this is, we are like. And actually what was interesting is that during that time, you know, as I said, we had, we had resumes throughout the entire country. So we had like places like, oh yeah, like Texas, like I have big hair, you know, I I can live in Texas and and other things. But by the time we hit that August in Colorado, we started really refining where we wanted to be. And we ended up being like, you know, at first it was just broad, you know, we'll go anywhere. There were some states that we wouldn't go to, like absolutely, like we would absolutely not go to Pennsylvania because of their homeschool laws. And, um, you know, we wouldn't go to North Carolina because of, the, of, of their home birth laws, you know, things like that. But like we started narrowing it down and then we narrowed it down to Hawaii. N- well, we did try that. Uh, but we narrowed it down to the, essentially the East coast, you know, we were like, we're, we're really like East coast people, you know, we'll, we'll narrow it down. Our family's all on the East coast. Well, in all fairness, when COVID happened, the, the West coast went crazy. Yeah. They we, started making up their own little republics of yeah, Chaz and all not, that other stuff. And I'm just like, I'm staying away from those guys as right, far as I can. Right. So we were like, we'll, we'll stick to the, you know, we had Florida, you know, we were, we were pretty interested in Florida. We, we applied to several places in Florida, but then again, as time goes on, when we're in the RV, once we're living there, um, in the further we got in relationship with the church that we're at now, we, then it started getting more narrow and narrow of where we wanted to be. So eventually we just said, you know what? We want to be in New England. Like we love New England. We we want to be a New Englander. Like that we're New Englanders. Like we, I mean, generations of New Englanders. That's that's who we are. We said we we really want to be in New England. And then it narrowed even further. Then it was like we want to be in Northern New England. Like we don't, you know, we're we're not really interested in like Connecticut and like that. Like we want to be and like or Maine. Well, we did apply for a place in Maine. I mean, yeah, there was no, a place we were, we're really interested like when I say, in. Maine. Like when you're in her, when you're hurting, yeah. you, you do some crazy things, right? Right. And so, um, and so in that there were churches that we matched well with and we, you know, had interviews with and in that situation. And so I think there's three and, um, you in final candidacy. Yeah. And so one, and that would have been like late August, maybe early September one of 2020, um, we like did like a couple interviews with, we were getting down to, it was between us and another candidate 
And we, my parents had come up to visit us and we, like we were in Rhode Island, actually, we went to the zoo, we brought the kids, you know, it was this great day. And then, you know, we're at dinner with my parents and they call and we're like, oh my, you know, they're calling. Like, that's gotta be a good sign because normally it's a lot of communication through emails, especially during COVID. So they're calling. So Jason steps out, you know, answers the phone and he comes back and we're like, you know, it's like me and my parents and the kids were all like, well, maybe not the kids. I'm not sure that they knew what was going on. They were but sitting at a different table. They were like, you know, and he was like, oh no, but, but what they said to you and you say it better than I do. So uh, you. they were super, super nice. First of all. Yeah. In fact, we drive by that church every once in a while. When we had to one of our Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so when, when we drive by that, uh, not when we drive by that, but when they called, um, they, they specifically said, they said, we, we, we love you and your family and we would love to have you come and, and meet you so that we can have a, a face-to-face conversation. Mm-hmm. But they said, but when we were in prayer, God told us that he has something different for you, um, which was kind of a really profound way of saying yeah. it. Not that God had something different for them because right. they, they through our conversations on the phone and through the dialogue back and forth. I, had, I got to talk to all of them through, uh, through phone and through, yes. I think Skype, not Skype, Zoom. Zoom yes. I'm old. Um, through Zoom and uh, and with that um, we built this really nice relationship and it, was, it looked really promising and yeah, really why, good and yeah. actually uh, crazy Pastor Sam put a reference in remember he did yes and uh, and he gave us a good good reference saying if you didn't hire this person you're pretty much foolish um, <laughs> any church would be blessed to have us yeah. and uh, and um, but God had another plan just like the camper right and we praise right. God that they heard God yeah because and that they listened we wouldn't trade it for anything you no don't, you don't well, although it's, but it crushed I mean. And yeah, like, it but it was us. weird. It crushed us, but then it was like, well, like God, okay, it'd be really nice if you clued us in on that. Like, if we knew, you know, that that kind of thing. So that that was crushing. And then time moves on again. Well, I was gonna say, like, in those times of hurting, mm-hmm. like you all, you always try to find things that bring peace or at least take the edge off, right? right? And that's and those things can be very dangerous. Right. Um, and and so like, so for us, the, it was, God was weaving. Uh, weeding some things out of our lives too that we had allowed to be part of that sure. process. So yeah. even if they the door would have been open, I don't know if we were ready. No. So not just education wise, because I, I for me education, I'm not I have a I have a pretty good education. I graduated sure. from Bible college. I'm in my master's program now. So as far as as far as qualifying on an educational level, I would make the the, the docket. Right. I'd make the cut. Um, as, and even in sermon preparation, all that stuff, I can do that stuff very well, but it's character that God sure. was working on. Yes. And so a lot of times when we talk about the camper, I think the camper was the place where we kind of went and we had to almost battle those demons in our lives. It was the desert. Yes, it was the wilderness. Um, it, but I think about that time that that was the place where God was like, almost oh, like, like t- deconstructing us Sure. so that he could put us back together. Right. And a lot of times when you, when you, and I just said deconstruct this. So all the people who deconstruct their faith are like, he said it. Um, that's a trigger word for probably some of you guys listening right now. Yeah. Um, but but <laughs> as God deconstructed, not our faith. Well, some of it well, was. Some, some, yeah. It was our theology. Right. Um, but he was doing it so that he could put it together right. Yeah. So that so that it wasn't just a knowledge of him and a knowledge of his rules, but it was an encounter with his presence. Mm. And and so for us, that was part of this journey. Right. And it and it ultimately gets the capstone on it with the story that we're going to head into, sure. which is and when I mean capstone, it's like the it's like the pinnacle, yeah, where everything changes, right? Um, 
So we go, we go through all this hurt, all this brokenness. We go on tour of the U.S. to kind of escape, get away. It mm-hmm. was good. God allowed it. Mm-hmm. Um, we move into a camper because we don't know what's we happening. We had that rejection. Oh, you had a rejection. Into, we had another rejection, mm-hmm. which, has, which was a final candidacy down in Mass. Well, that's a little bit later on. A little that's bit December. later. A little bit later. But, but we go through all those different things. We celebrated Christmas no. in a camper. Do you, you don't remember the tree? You're missing, you're missing a critical part of the story. So what? So we we had another final candidacy. We went for Thanksgiving, oh, to Pennsylvania, yeah. to visit my parents. I, I don't know why my parents were so tied in with our rejections, but hmm. um, so we went to Pennsylvania and we we saw it was a big deal. We saw it was my entire like immediate family all together, which for the first time in many 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 years. And so um, it was a wonderful time. It was a high emotion time, but it was a, it was a wonderful time. And we ended it you know, with prayer and worship and just being prayed over and praying over my siblings and my parents. And it, and it was incredible. Um, but for us, you know, for us, it, they, they prayed over us. And when we left and we were waiting to hear back from another church, we really were like, okay, like, this is it. Like, this is, you know, like they've, we've been blessed and like sent off kind of thing. So we come back to the RV, which is parked at a friend's house at this point, no running water because there was no way to hook up water. We were planning on moving the RV, you know, shortly. We, that Thank you, Matt and Katie. Yeah. That wasn't our long-term plan. And um, we we get there, and I had taken a pregnancy test before we left, and it was negative. But when we were at my parents' house, I was so off. I mean, I cried over math three times, which, I mean, I cry over Sound math. Sound like Adeline. But, I mean, I, I just, like, I was trying to make – pie and I like literally couldn't figure out how much butter I needed and it, like this is a pie recipe I make all, like all the time every year and so uh, it was just stressful it was like pounds of butter that <laughs> it was it was like she's like I need like eight pounds of butter and we're like, eight pounds of butter we're all gonna die in a heart attack so get I will never leave I will never live it down but anyway so yeah so I came home so anyway I I, and I can't remember which one. I can't remember if you got the email and then I took a pregnancy test or I took a pregnancy test and you got the email. I don't know. I, I assume I probably took the t- pregnancy test and then you got the email. So I, you know, I go, I take the test and it is like the most positive pregnancy test I've ever had in my life. So I went from negative and it was literally just a week in between. So, I mean, it was like, if you know the term, a die stealer, it was, I was like, so I'm like, you know, oh my gosh. I thought I made it out of 2020, not getting pregnant. And here we are in an RV in Vermont with no running water, you know, waiting for what God has next for us. And then he gets an email for this final candidacy for this church. And they chose to go, you know, with somebody with older and with more experience. And we, I mean, that was, we were just, we like, that's when like, for me, that's when like despair like really kicked in. Like that's when it was like so difficult because it's like, before, I guess, we had kind of, like, kept pumping ourselves up, like, okay, 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 you know, and, and, you know, we had the, like, distraction of moving into the RV and of going across the country and all of these things. But then, finally, you know, there's no more churches that, because we essentially had stopped applying to churches after that, because mm-hmm. we kind of said, well, this is it. You know, if, if we don't, you know, then we'll figure out something out after this, if, it was, if this it was doesn't very, work. Every time you, you get to that final stage, it's very... Uh, it hurts. And I, I guess would be the way yeah. to say it to, to be, and I know that they wouldn't, it's not their goal it's to reject you. Yeah. It's, it's their goal to find who God has next for them. Right. But it, it, but on that process, as you, as you build up 
hope, hope, hope. And then all of a sudden it's like deflated down to nothing. When we're looking for jobs, I mean, I go absolutely insane. So I join all the local groups. I look at all the houses. I look at, you know, I I still know, you know. I had probably given up hope fast. The homeschool laws, all everything. I mean, I I like found the parsonage, you know, like all of these things. Like, you know, we, I, I knew the neighborhood the parsonage was in, you know, like that. Just because I'm just, that's, that's what I do. I just overly research things. So then we're just like, now what are we going to do? Mm. Like what we, and it's like, and, and we've got these five kids, one on the way, one in school who can't even come live with us. Like, w- like, what are we going to do? Like we have no property. We, um, you know, we chose, we put, I, we invested into this RV, you know, we, so it, I mean, it was just, that's for me, that's when the, that's when it all like caught up to me, I guess. And then you get pregnant. And then you get pregnant, right? And you find out you're pregnant. However, in that, in very shortly, I mean, either the day of or within the next few days, I felt very, there was, I felt very specifically, well, at first I kind of, I almost like knew instantly that it was a girl. Like I just was kind of like, oh, you know, I think it's a girl. But I, the Lord told me uh, very clearly that I was going to have a peaceful and joyful birth. And in other pregnancies, you know, there's always, you know, concern about miscarriage and stuff like that. But with um, this baby, I had like no fear of miscarriage at all. Like I had, I mean, just the Lord told me in all of the mess that was going on, it was like a glimmer of hope that I was going to have a peaceful and joyful birth. I didn't know where, I didn't know anything about that, but I knew that I was going to have a peaceful and joyful birth. And I clung to that for <laughs> a long time. Mm. Yeah. And so, uh, so yeah, we're... We move over here. Yeah. So then we move. So a few weeks later, you know, we've, we felt like we really, we really extended our stay. You know, you don't want to be, we we didn't want to be burdens. That's a hard thing too. When you're staying with people, you don't want to overstay your welcome and you don't want to feel like you're a burden, especially taxing on a friendship. Right. Some people Um, who mean so much to us that it was just like, we're not, you know, we don't want to do And so that was really hard to be in that position Mm -hmm. for us. Although, they were like, why didn't you stay? You should have stayed. stayed. And it but was, even after we've written to them, we're like, we're so sorry. And they're like, we're, you guys are crazy. <laughs> but they, they were, they're, they're some of the best people that sure. we, that we have ever had the joy of sharing life with. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so with that, we, we, we transitioned in our camper from, from their property, um, over to, to New Hampshire where yeah. to be at this church, um, and in the mean, and all throughout that process, right? We got let go. We we go on the tour of the U.S. We come back. We go to South Dakota. That was pretty cool. That was cool. South Dakota. We, we were like, we liked, there has to be a church looked, out in South Dakota that churches, needs a pastor. But they were always in the other side. The and side then that the lady's like, be at. the lady at the hotel. We we're like, we we're like, we asked her, we're like, why do you ever leave South Dakota? It's beautiful here. And she's like, you haven't been here when it's minus thirty, and then the wind blows and you're yeah. dead. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, maybe South Dakota is not the best right, place in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. But on, yeah. in that process, we. Uh, Pastor Sam had uh, had teamed up with us, and we were doing nights of worship and doing worship on Sunday mornings every once in a while. Yeah. So in the midst of all that all that other stuff that's happening, we're still trying to serve. We're still trying. We still feel called. Right. We still feel like like God has a calling for us, and that's why we're applying to jobs. We haven't. We didn't give up on that. No. We we was, knew. We knew, and so there was despair and rejection and loss of hope. And, and just like character development that's happening, things that God is trying to weed out of our life because they're restraining, right. they're restraining us from where he wants us to go. They're almost like a chain that's holding us back. And as he's doing all those things in our life, we're still trying to serve in ministry. We're still trying to do things. We're trying to do a youth service through Facebook Live, knowing that probably nobody was watching except for Pastor Sam <laughs> from a camper. We're trying to do this. And then we, we transition from, from Vermont over to, to Newport, New Hampshire, which 
I don't know. Am I allowed to say that? No, I'd rather you not. Oh, well, too bad. Too late. You can edit it. Okay. So. We're in New Hampshire now. We, and what, what was crazy is that like that November in Vermont was like warm. Yeah. Like we had like 70 degree days, like hardly any snow, no snow on the ground. So we had the ability to move the, the camper at, in November, or I'm sorry, excuse me, in December. Middle of, middle of December, which doesn't normally happen. So we, we, and, and back before we even bought the camper, when I threw it out as a joke, Pastor Sam was like, oh, we've got hookups at one of our building. Yes. And <laughs> so I remember when we had to like come to him and be like, hey, remember when we joked about this? And he was like, yes, like absolutely like come. So we moved the camper and it's the day after my birthday and we, we moved the camper. I'm newly pregnant. I'm so sick. Like so beyond sick and we move it to one of our church campuses and that we we had never well we had been to once a couple years Actually, before to here. preach at yeah and uh we move it and um uh it like starts snowing like we we were able to put it where it's supposed to be and we it didn't, didn't just, just snow yeah. it snowed 48 inches it's like god kept the snow until we like the very minute like, we parked it. Moved the RV and then straight. dumped it all. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's so, like, even like, even the tiny details. So you're welcome, Vermont, New Hampshire, for that, like, beautiful November and December because it was all waiting on us, obviously. Um, and, <laughs> and then we had a whole experience with one of our favorite people in the world where our van got stuck and he moved it. And then, oh, he then we, lost, all our we lost a window. Not one. We two, lost three windows yeah. and a tree. And, pow, 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 pow. And a mirror went bing. But we love him and we're, we're grateful for him. And He um, was so happy that he could help us until he saw the windows <laughs> and his face went from a giant smile to just being sad. And uh, and then, so then we do Christmas in the RV. Or, yes. But we, oh, actually, I, I like telling the story. So um, the building where we hooked up the RV, it had like a shower in it. That So there was, um, there's a whole story for the building. Real fast. Wait, you keep saying we hooked it up. They did not have the hookup because oh. the hookup, for oh, yeah. some reason, we I, went downstairs to find the hookup and, and someone there. had cut it. <laughs> so they had a hookup. It, the hookup wasn't hooked up to the junction, to the to the box, the breaker box, and therefore there was no power. So um, if you really care about, like, if you're like an electrician or something, like, just close your ears. So we just plugged our RV into a regular outlet. Like, that's, like, that's, but we... <laughs> we did it at... at, at we, didn't, we didn't have, like, knowledge... Like of RV knowledge, like we had none. And I, I have a friend named Lauren, and she was like, "You guys, like, no, no, it has to be this." And we're like, eh, "It's gonna be fine." And Pastor Sam, who had lived in an RV before, was like, "Just plug it into the wall." And we're like, "Cool, all right, we'll do that." And like, had we known that he's we, we not almost the burnt person the RV down. to listen to about that, that like we should have listened to his wife and not him, um, things would have been a little bit different. So we we plug it in, but. But so, but there was running water in the building, and there was a shower, and so the building was sitting empty. It wasn't being used because of COVID and, and other stuff. So, anyway, so he gives us a key to the building. He's like, "You guys can use, you know, you could do your school in here with the kids. You can, you know, use the shower, use the kitchen." And um, so, like everyone's like, "I shower, you know, I shower." Like we didn't have to like go to his mom's to to go take a shower. So I'm like, I shoved all the kids. I'm like, "I'm mom." They didn't know I was pregnant, but I was like, I'm mom, thinking to myself, like, I'm pregnant. Like, I'm taking the first shower. Like, I got in that shower. I didn't even clean it. Spiders everywhere. Spiders everywhere. The water probably had sat there forever. I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm getting first in the shower. Like, that's – it was probably the most selfish thing. But anyway, so we settle in. We do Christmas. Yeah. It was really fun. It was Christmas a really nice was Christmas. Really fun, yeah. It was really sweet. We, you know, we were half in the RV, half in this building. Our kids still talk about the Christmas in the RV. Yeah. Because it was special to them. Mm-hmm. It was very special. For that. For us, it was like, like, I think it was still special, but there was just some kind of frustration 
of like space and cold. Right. Like how do you shop? Like how do you get your kids Christmas gifts when you have very limited space well, to Bethany, put the stuff? If our, our kids get gifts delivered by Santa. So <laughs> that's a controversial thing. So um, um, if they turn this on. So <laughs> That's right. Adeline does listen to this, but Santa she's 14. Santa is so. a great man. Uh, so anyway, how do we do that? And we, we had a cute little tree in the RV, and I mean, it worked. We did it. But uh, it was actually really cute. It was a great, it was, an, it was a good Christmas, too. I mean, it wasn't, there was no lack in that Christmas. And we, we just, we did our own dinner and sat down, and I was, I mean, I think I took like a four-hour nap that day because I was so sick. And so then we move on to the new year. And the new year is when uh, our relationship with our church changed and uh, we mutually came to the agreement that we would, you know, we were done looking. We were going to stay here. And I think we just came to the realization that God was not. Yeah, which is amazing because for years, I mean, for literal years before I had always been like, I don't think like God is going to like. Like, what if, what if we're, like, he just wants us to stay here for the rest of his lives. But I, rest of our lives. But, like, I wanted to move so bad. So, anyway, um, so there was, a like, a moment where I was, like, well, I'm going to, you know, okay, like, we're done. We're done fighting you, God. Like, we will stay here. Like, whatever that means financially, like, whatever that means, like, we will figure it out. Like, we're going to commit to this. But we really had fallen in love with the church. Yeah, the I mean, people. and they had embraced us. The ch- our church was so tender and loving with us, not really knowing what was going on or why we were there. Or, you know, just kind of like show up one day preaching and then occasionally serving and stuff like that. But they were so gracious and so loving with us um, that you know we really fell in love with the church and and committed to staying. And then you know you kind of fast forward. Eventually, so at, at the building where we parked the RV, um, they had space to make us an apartment in the building. And so we, so anyway, the, when we were like, okay, we'll stay here. And they're like, okay, we're going to build you guys this apartment. That week, <laughs> the electricity for the RV gave out and it almost caught on fire and like melted and it was this whole thing. And so. It happened when you were cooking and I thought you were burning something. I know. It's like the one time I was cooking and he was like, oh, so it's going to burn down the doing? place. And so, um, we, we early on moved into the building mm-hmm. and so we slept in the building's auditorium or sanctuary uh, for quite a while. And we, you know... On, we, a, on the floor, you're pregnant. Yes. So, the, so oh, just keep that, keep that in mind. We had a mattress. Yeah, we had a, and we had then, a mattress on the floor. So that's and January. And then March, we launched the in-person youth group. That was fun. That, that was like... <laughs> and, yeah, so... In the sanctuary with all our stuff, we would quickly was, move everything we, like we have into a closet. closet or <laughs> and then we'd have we'd have the youth come in, we'd do it, we'd clean up, we'd vacuum, we'd pull all our stuff out and we'd live. <laughs> yes. And it I mean, but it was chaotic because there was no place for anything to go and like no. it, it was just so and, it, and there was already it, stuff. And we had our building. dog and, and our cat got possessed. That's a whole story for another day. I mean I mean, literally I cast a demon out of that cat. Uh, <sighs> it's just a whole thing. And um and so we're just, you know, waiting for for you know to finish the I'm the, telling you it's the stuff of movies <laughs> it's you watch a movie with yeah. this much drama this yeah. much sorrow and then this much like craziness so we, so we started the youth group and yes. for the first three weeks we only it was just I mean really our kids the only kid who was like of youth group age would have been Adeline, Adeline at yeah. that point so it was really it was like Adeline for like three weeks me and, and my Jason one daughter. still preached at her you know and then hey, the bible says if you're faithful don't uh, uh, don't despise That's right. small beginnings. And if you're faithful with the small, God will increase it. So we started with one. 
And then we went to three. We went to three. We and doubled then, or tripled. So three weeks with one and then one week with three. And we were so excited. We were we like, had three. yeah, this is great, you know. And then uh, the week after that, we had 14. And so, we were like. And it hasn't been and, any lower than 14 in no, forever. Mm-mm. And so it's always been over. Oh well, there was one time there was four, but you weren't here. I was sick. Um, and uh, but anyway, and we and we now have very healthy, you know. Uh, and God gave, and God provided us our first youth worker, who was incredible. Yeah, who was? Who are you talking about? Ellie. Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> who else was I? I thought you were talking about Matt because oh, Matt, 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 Matt started Matt, with us. So Matt, yeah, Matt was Matt was a different Matt. Matt. Yeah, if he, you follow that, Matt's our companion in this. Yeah. he's been there since the beginning. Yes. And he's been faithful to it. So yeah. And actually, what's really cool about Matt is that, like, for that whole summer, like, he would try to share the gospel with kids, and he'd be like, if I can just get one, just get one. And now he's, like, an incredible soul winner. And I think of, like, one kid who we share the gospel with is now completely on fire for Jesus and, and like, sharing the gospel. So, like, it's just really... He does our soul winning training with he the does, students, uh, on, on, Yeah, so... It's amazing. God honors that. But meanwhile, like, we're still, like, living here, and, like, and... um we are so incredibly grateful for the space that we live in, but it just took a long time and that's okay because that really was again, because God is stretching our faith. Right. And so those were hard times too, because like, I can, I, we had no I, privacy. Yeah. <laughs> had, Literally people walked in like, yeah. Like people would just like walk in and I'd be like, I'd be like in bed, like, you know, um, and then trying to do school that year was just like really difficult with the kids and um, I was teaching at a Christian college and then Christian school yes and then and then of course being being pregnant a whole nother world a whole nother world and then are we just keep going yeah okay all right and so because we have to get going to the birth part you're you're right so then we end up um she was due in August and in in April right April or May I don't remember the exact time maybe it was May um you're asking the wrong person. Yeah, uh, just don't quote me on my timeline. I'd have to go back and look. But um, I, I was in like crazy, um, what's the word? Nesting. Oh, oh my gosh! Like I said, I mean, oh, I, I would watch, and the, and the house wasn't even done, and the house wasn't done, so I couldn't actually nest. But I was like insane. So. Like all week, I'd be like, on Saturday, we I want to go to Job Lot, Ocean State Job Lot, and I want to get like scrubbies and like but like just like clean. And um, if you know me, that's not really who I am. Um, and uh, and anyway, so but I had gone through we used cloth diapers. I had gone through the uh, it was a Friday. I had gone through our cloth diapers, and I had an incredible allergic reaction. So, so like we figured out that like anything that had been stored at our previous house in the attic, like there was something I was highly allergic to. And so unless that stuff was like washed before I went through it, I would just have a horrible. We also had it in storage. Uh, yeah, allergic reaction. So I had this horrible allergic reaction, and I was up all night from the reaction. I was just anxious. I just like couldn't sleep. It was like all this stuff. I'm very anxious. <clears throat> then I woke up. I insisted we go get cleaning stuff. So we go get cleaning stuff and we're at the store and I'm like, I don't feel good. My heart is racing weird. And I was like, I'm going to pass out. Like, and I've never felt like I was going to pass out before, except for that time, like truly was like, I'm going to pass out. And so Jason's like, well, just sit down on the floor. And I'm like, people right are, in the, right in the middle people are going to think I'm in labor. Like, you know, I still have like a long time. I wasn't really having contractions or anything. What's and a so, long time? Huh? What's a long time? What do you mean? We see you, you had a long ten weeks. Ten weeks, okay, yeah, because yeah. that's important. Ten weeks, yeah. Um, and so I get up and I'm like, I ha- and I'm like, I-, I mean, I was like frantic. I was like, I have to get out of the store. 
I was like, not even, I was like, you buy the stuff. Like I have to get out of the store. So I like basically zoom out of the store and the entire time I'm just praying like, God, like, please don't let me pass out in the store. Like, I don't know what's wrong, but like fix it, Jesus. You know, like just like really a swirl of emotions. I get in the van and I call my midwife and I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And she's, you know, she's, my symptoms were, I, uh, you know, fatigued, my heart was racing and I felt like dizzy. And so she's like, which is important to know the symptoms too. Um, you know, she's like, well, you were up all night. You've had this allergic reaction. She's like, I know you. And so I know you're dehydrated. You know, I know you haven't had anything to drink today. You know, have you eaten today? You know? And so she's basically like, get hydrated, go to bed. And so we did, you know, I got hydration stuff and I, I went and then I basically slept. And then, so that's a Saturday. You get that cucumber water stuff. Sunday we went to, um, church and I still didn't feel great. So I had two or three people stop me and they're like, Oh, you know, how you doing? And I was like, well, I don't really feel good. Like something doesn't feel right, but I couldn't, I couldn't like articulate what didn't feel good. I just didn't feel good. And so I had a couple uh, of ladies lay their hands on my belly and pray over me like three different ones. And I'm still, you know, felt okay, but like not, not good. And so then the next day was Monday and I had been going to ladies prayer at the church and I like, obviously like I didn't feel good. So I was like, I don't really want to go. But the Lord told me so clearly that I had to go to this prayer meeting. Like I had to go and I was like, all right. So I went and like, I even think I had him pick me up early. Like I, like that's how, you know. And so as I was leaving, they prayed over me and one of the ladies prayed over me and she's an incredible, like, she's the kind of lady that like when she prays, like God just writes it down. It's like, yes, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. And um, she prayed for me and she prayed randomly for my blood. And she said, you know, she just took authority and prayed over my blood and I like got in the car and I was like, I don't know why Judy just prayed for my blood. Like that's weird, but okay, I'll take it. But I felt good. I mean, I felt good. And then by the next day, I mean, I felt good. I felt I was back to myself. I didn't have the rapid heart rate anymore. I didn't have anything. It was, it was her husband who was working on our house. Yes. So this family is very dear to us. And broke our car windows. And broke our car. It's the same guy. <laughs> but we love them. We like, love we, them like, I was, uh, we love them. Yeah, we love them. And, um, and so anyway... <laughs> So fast forward uh, to a midwife appointment appointment at 36 weeks, and um, when she palpated my belly, my baby. It's okay. I don't know what that means. Palpate either. means basically she's figuring out his uh, baby's position um, with her hands. You know, she's uh, just on top of the belly, just figuring out. Um, baby was presenting in an extremely rare presentation. So in in her career, she's not seen a baby. Um, present like that, any of the midwives, any of her, you know, like elder midwives or anybody, nobody like the, the like completely rare kind of thing. And, um, just, you know, just to get a little graphic, uh, for this babe, for, for a baby in that position to be born. Oh wait. Okay. Hold on. To be born like naturally, uh, the midwife would have to like essentially go up and turn the baby breech in order to have a breech birth. Like that's how out of this, how it was. But in the meantime, there's, there's two more things is in the meantime, since that time that I almost passed out shortly after I, I kept feeling all this pressure on my left hip and I would just talk about, and I went to a chiropractor oh, yeah. and then, and then the Lord told me to stop going to a particular chiropractor. And so I didn't go back, but I just would complain about like, Oh, this baby is like on my left hip. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. So anyway, she feels the baby. It's this rare presentation. And we're trying to figure out, you know, what do we do next? Do I, you know, I'm, I'm very crunchy as, if you haven't picked that up yet, you know, so debating if I Mind want. Mind you, we had a toilet that would 
uh, a composting toilet. Composting so toilet. That's how crunchy do, we got. Do it's do real. we go? You know, should I do an ultrasound or you know should I go to the chiropractor? And I told, I know I know I told the Lord told me just to wait. Yeah. And he said to wait. And so, and that he was going to work it out. So we made a chiropractor appointment. That was, this was a Thursday. We made the appointment for Monday. And again, I went into church and um, I was prayed over. And by the time I went to the chiropractor's appointment on, on Monday, the baby had moved cephalic into head down position. And so that's at 36 weeks. Still feeling good. Feeling great having some pressure though on my, so the baby had completely shifted and adjusted, but I'm still having all this pressure on my left hip and I didn't understand it. And at one point, you know, the midwife's like, you know, did we miss a twin? Like, is there another baby? In yeah, here that, were, I remember that like, talk. Are we missing a, are we missing a baby? Like what is my going heart on? Sank. You know, we're like, oh. ah! <laughs> you know, like that, that would be us. Um, and, uh, and so we, well, someone's calling me, of course we, um, so then, uh, we wait for baby and I go into labor at about 40 weeks going to, into labor with baby. And um, we get the birth pool all set up. I had a, a you know, a home, a home. Oh, I'm sorry. In the meantime, we did move into our apartment. Yes. Mike, so we moved out of the sanctuary. Praise God. It wasn't God. 100% done. It was. It's still not 100% done, but that's okay. Yeah. That's is, all that. Is a house ever really 100% yeah. done? Yeah. And so praise God, we, we moved downstairs and we were, I mean. We didn't have door handles. For like, for like a year, we were like, thank you, Jesus for this apartment like thank like we're and we still are like we're so grateful because when you live in an rv with no running water and then you live in a church auditorium with five kids one dog and two cats <laughs> you just you learn to be really grateful for your home <clears throat> and so we moved downstairs and into the it's a church basement and um it's a nice apartment and we five and five, bedrooms. five bedrooms well right now we're using four and ones as a closet but um and so anyway it's i labor through the night and i didn't tell anyone and then i woke everybody up I said, you know, we we should probably get going. Blow up the birth pool. Well, I, yeah, you you had labored and you were cleaning. <laughs> well, I mean, I did that every so, night. No, but you were doing it specifically. I knew that that was the time because it was like you didn't sleep and you just kept cleaning. And <laughs> I, I curled I, my you, hair. You told me to, yeah, you got all nice and then you were like told me to, to just rest. Yeah. So. Yeah. And because uh, I wanted to be my, I mean, I actually probably labor better by myself for a while because uh, I don't like when everyone's staring at me. And, um. So eventually the midwives come and, uh, and then I ha I have this baby and, you know, we had a couple of kids presents. People are thinking we're absolutely nuts right now, but that's okay. Um, and we're I, letting you into our I birthed this baby in the water. It's my only time I've ever birthed in the water. And, you know, I pull her up over the side and I, I look at this baby and I, we did not know what we were having. Um, well, in all fairness, you took a test. I took a blood test, a blood an test. at home blood test. Don't that, ever do that. That said that it was a boy. Said it was a boy. But in my spirit, in our spirit, we, we kind of like didn't feel like it was right. Like we were not confident calling this baby a boy. We like, didn't even have any boy names. Or at least I don't think we No, had we had a boy name. Amos? No. <laughs> we are never going to name a baby Amos. Ever. It's on the record now. There Heraclitus? is never going to be. A, no. Anyway. And so. Um, we pulled this baby up and actually funny story, um, Jason cut the cord and, and Lila caught the baby with the midwife and Asher was supposed to announce the And Asher was supposed to announce the baby's gender and so we, we have him look. Well, when it came up I said And okay. he said, It's a non binary <laughs> no. birthing goes, creature. Goes, it's a boy and then I realized that like Asher like really had no yeah, knowledge no of like what a girl looks like and so we're like, No and so me and the midwife are like, No, it's not Meanwhile, he like didn't see, so he thinks that we're like joking with him that it's you know that it's a girl, but indeed she was a girl. 
And so we're holding her and we're basking in the glory of this baby, this precious baby. She didn't have a name yet with this we had names, beautiful birth, but she didn't have a name. It was be- it was a beautiful birth. I mean, it was it was a joyful and peaceful birth. That's exactly what it was that I was promised. It was and in, all our kids were there in the morning light, which is what I prayed for. I mean, everything I prayed for is, is what is what happened. And then I went to deliver the placenta. <laughs> and uh, this is we have to give like a graphic morning content. And um, I delivered the placenta. And it, when, when you deliver in water, you know they basically put it in a bowl, and the bowl kind of floats as you're sitting in the water. And um, I go, and of course, you know, I've had uh, five babies at this point. This is my sixth baby, um, and also some midwifery education type stuff. So I I look at this placenta, and we all, just the room, there's like a hush on the room, and we all kind of just stare at it. And I go... Not me. <laughs> except for Jason, who was probably not even in the room. But I go, that's, that's not normal. And the midwives are like, nope, that's not normal. And it was the most disfigured weird looking placenta I've ever seen ever and um and then of course because my midwives are also my friends I know that they're like just chomping at the bit because they really want to look further at this this placenta but anyway you know we get out of the tub we go lay down with the baby and um eventually after a while we cut the cord and um then they leave us for that beautiful golden hour where it's just uh, us, well, you you cooked, and then we had our golden hour time, and they went to basically dissect, for lack of a better term, the placenta. So they went to go look at it, and um, when they were able, so this will sound weird if you know placentas, when they opened it up, which is not something you normally do with a placenta, so that will tell you how like disfigured it was. When they opened it up, there was estimated to be a four-pound blood clot, a very old four-pound blood clot on the placenta, along with other small clots and some very different white webbing on it. Like it was just extremely abnormal. And so the conclusion that the midwives and then some practitioners came to was that, that I had had. So back well, that you, 10 you, weeks, you also had, um, uh, her husband, the guy that, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you might want to explain who he is. Well, yeah. So one of the midwives, you know, husband is a nurse and not just a nurse. He's in charge of that whole. Yeah. A very, very knowledgeable. Um, and so they, they, they look, they look at it and what, and after con, uh, consulting with elder midwives and other you know people, it was, you know, essentially that I had had a placenta abruption back that 10 weeks before. And we, we don't know a hundred percent if it was that, that 10 weeks before, but that we're pretty certain that that was it which, just what, because of the symptoms. Which was what caused the fatigue. Which is why I was so like exhausted, but like I had no bleeding, which in an abruption, that's like your sign of an abruption is bleeding, but I had no bleeding. And what happens as the result of that? Is death. death. So, so babies don't survive abruptions and mothers don't, I mean, don't, it's just something that we both, we both should not have been alive. So in the, in, so essentially just to put it in a really kind of realistic terms in OSHA state job lot in the midst of the mops and right. the scrubbies that you were looking at, you right. should have bled out. Our, the, and the baby should have died. And, and then, then and, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's the severity and of the situation. Even, and even if I had say like gone to the ER, which my symptoms were not, I, I felt and my midwives felt like they, like they were not like ones to go to the ER for. I mean, it was off and it was weird, but because of what I had experienced the night before with the allergic reaction and literally not sleeping, it just was like, I'm just exhausted. I'm just tired. It's just the end of pregnancy. It's just like all these combinations of things. I'm just dehydrated. And so 
but yeah, I mean, I mean, it's right there that our baby should have, she just should not have lived. And so what, and technically you shouldn't either. And we, I shouldn't have lived. And so, especially with not, especially knowing. with not going in and not yeah. knowing. And then even if we had gone in, even if something like had happened and, you know, baby would have been taken very early, um, in a, you know, probably a C-section, immediate C-section, NICU time, you know, all this very, already much more traumatic stuff in an already very traumatic year for God our family. Promised. But God promised me a very peaceful and joyful birth. And so, which is, you know, a good reminder that if God says it, he's going to do it. Um, and uh, so we're sitting there holding this baby who's just, you know, we're hearing the midwives talk about this, the miracle. They're on the phone talking, I mean, this is a miracle. And now like, I, when, I, when I was making you something to eat too, because you were just yeah. had a baby, yeah. you used hungry. a lot of energy. She was hungry and I was making her food. I hear them saying, um, they're whispering to each other next to me. They're like, this is a miracle. This should not be, the baby should not be alive. Right. And so me cooking, I'm overwhelmed with emotion. Right. I'm overwhelmed with like, I just witnessed a, a life miracle. Like, right. Death like to life. Death to life miracle, which has, which plays in a little bit later. Um, but I'm gonna let you continue. So she, she was only getting, um, a quarter. one quarter of her placenta for 10 weeks. And she was our biggest baby. So like, well, and technically, that, technically, oh, she tied. She, she tied. tied. She, she tied because she normally they wear them right out, out, but she had gone poop. Yeah, <laughs> so she lost. So she probably lost like some an weight, and so. she lost by an ounce to Micah. So she did, yeah. So you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, she could have beat him. She could have beat him. So and her personality, she yeah, will beat him. Yeah. <laughs> so um, physically. So, so and like, I just can't even explain like those emotions because there's this, like I hadn't had a a girl and three babies. So I was assuming that the baby was a boy. We have been told baby was a boy. So now we're holding this baby girl. And we were, I mean, I was just shocked. We're, and we're both kind of, uh, we're both in that state of awe because of what the reality yeah. of the situation right. that happened. Well, I don't even know if it had set in with me yet. Uh, yeah. Because it, it like. And and that's why we came up with the name too. Right. So we knew that the that if we had a girl, we likely knew that the middle name was going to be Mercy. Mercy. That was something that we had kind of, for many babies, many boys, uh, we kind of had tucked away uh, because our oldest uh, biological daughter is Adeline Grace, Grace, and then we have Lila Joy. And so we just, you know, we thought that we would continue, and we knew, and we liked the name Mercy. So we knew, um, but there was a name that I had been chewing on that I, I a couple weeks beforehand, I had been upstairs in the kitchen before we even moved down, actually, and... I, I was cleaning or something and I um I felt I heard the name Gyra and I I mean I brought it to you and I was like oh what would you think of the name Gyra maybe you know that could be a girl or a boy you know I, you know we just it was kind of there but but not there so then when we but when we had her and we looked at her I mean the Lord just was, it was instant it was like instant just clear that it wasn't just I mean her name is Gyra hyphenated mercy, Gyra mercy we is, her, pick is her name. We didn't pick, I mean, the Lord just like, I mean, it was almost audible yeah. named this baby. And it was a simultaneously too that when we said it. Mm -hmm. So then there was, is it mercy Gyra? Remember we had that? Yeah, we talked date. about, is it going to be mercy but, Gyra? But we, but we elected. Or Gyra middle name mercy. But we, but it's one name, Gyra yes. mercy, yeah. which is the Lord provides mercy. And that way, whenever we speak her name, we're, we're literally, we're acknowledging the miracle that God has done. Yeah. Uh, 
through us or, you know, in, in providing this baby for us, this blessing. And we're also speaking that, you know, the and, star of mercy. And with this, like, it always seems like there's some kind of theme that comes up as we start talking. And even way back when we talked about the camper, when we bought the camper, mm-hmm. and we, we said that we didn't know where we were staying. And Pastor Sam saw it as us being dedicated to the move of God. <laughs> that in those circumstances, um, God surprises you with the when you do things, how he orchestrates events. Yeah. He orchestrates them out so that, like, because there was even talks about maybe going to get an ultrasound. Yep. And if they would have went and got the ultrasound, then there would have been any probably. It would have been a big panic. A big panic, probably emergency C-section. Yep. And all but this the Lord told me, Don't. just wait. He literally just said, wait. Yeah. And I said, okay. So, so within within all that is that is that God's faithfulness to us, um, and that and so when I say that that's the capstone, like I said earlier, it was really that moment that God. Um, revealed himself mm-hmm. to us as, as, um, I mean, he, he did things, but a life miracle, yeah. um, life to death. Like it's like, and then you hear a nurse, a medical nurse, uh, and not just a nurse, he's in charge of a whole department of nurses right. says this should be a case study in a medical journal right. because this doesn't happen. Right. Um, that, and then fast forward, I'm sitting in church one day. Uh, actually I remember singing right after that, I sang the goodness of God and I, I was weeping in the midst of that. Um, just thinking about that story because it was like it was like the it was we were we were gone a week and then we went back a week later two weeks later mm-hmm. and I led worship again mm-hmm. and just singing that song out and knowing like when it says his goodness uh, um, is running after me yeah. is that we weren't looking for it we didn't know we needed right. it that's why her name is the Lord provides mercy even when we didn't know we needed right. it his act his sovereign right. hand was upon it and he and, knew what we needed and he knew what we needed even the RV. Right. We didn't know what we were doing. We just figured like we would. Just, it was just made logical sense. But he was orchestrating things to get us to where we needed to be, and so his sovereign hand was over all that. And so I remember a couple of weeks later, I was sitting in church, and um, um, and Pastor Sam was preaching, and it was at the end. Mm-hmm. And so there's like this reflection time, and God, God speaks to me, and He says, and he's and he brought up Jairus' birth, and he said, he said. He literally called him, so he says, Jason, I'm the God of life. Mm. And he had me turn to Genesis. And he said, he said, look, he said, before the sun was even formed, I created life mm. and I sustain it. And then he just reminded me of that birth and how God can do the impossible. That where science is like, well, you need the sun in order to have life because the sun gives life to all things, right? right. But God is the author of life. And even when it seems like there's no possibility there's no chance of it turning out in, in that way. He is the God who right. speaks, and it is. Right. And so for us, that, that journey was a revelation of that. Mm. that and so that, and it, that was a marker. It, it, Her birth was just a marker yeah. because it shifted. It was no longer that treacherous journey of sorrow and despair and, like, hardness and, like, whatever. There, it literally, I guess, was was a marker of a new season in our life. And, and it's, it's almost like, um, like the story of Abraham mm-hmm. in, in Romans when it says he was as good as dead. Mm. Yeah. But he believed in the God right. who, who's the author of life, right. who calls things that are not as if they are. That yeah. in that moment in our life, we got to experience that aspect of God. So mm-hmm. like, I, like I was saying, it, it took us a while to get back to our Pentecostal roots, right. which Pentecostalism is, a, is just a theology of experiencing God. Right. That's what it is. It's, it's having encounters with God. And God did that with us in that moment. Right. It wasn't, we weren't looking for it, but because he's faithful, he said, this is who I am. I'm the author of life and yeah. I'm going to show it to you in, right. in this situation. 
And so that's that's how we got to where we're at right. in that in that journey. That's that's why that's the capstone. That's the pinnacle. So yeah. every time every time um, my daughter cries or speaks or yells or hits, it's a testimony of God or hits. That's a testimony of God's faithfulness to my family. Right. Right. That what shouldn't be according to science and according to to just the ways of this world and the logical conclusions of what should happen, mm -hmm. it's not that way because God. Right. 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 They're, they're, but God intervened and acted, and this baby who for 10 weeks got a quarter of the nutrition and the blood that she needed yep, and, oxygen. and oxygen came out to be perfectly whole right. and and is literally perfect now. Yeah, and I, I'm reminded of, of, a, of, I guess, two things like when we told this story. Two different times where people, other people, other than us specifically told something, and then they, you know, when Judy prayed over her blood, my blood, because it's because she was told to pray over my blood, and it probably felt like weird. Like, right. It was like, weird for us. Like why? <laughs> yeah. And then, but, and again, for, for, um, Hang on. we got a special guest. It was, it was, it was weird for us. Look, Say hi. Hi. Speak of Jara Mercy. She's kind of mad. Um, she just woke up. <laughs> but, but there's those times that like sometimes when we're in prayer, now this is a different subject, but like we're, like sometimes it's weird what God asks us to pray for or to do. But be obedient because you never know. It could be saving someone's baby's life well, or remember, their life. I remember when you came back and you said, she said, Judy played, prayed for my blood. And I was like, that's weird. <laughs> We're like, but we don't, we didn't question Judy because no. we knew that she hears from God. Right. Yeah. That's so, right. but for us, it was just like, that's weird. What does that have to do? But who would have known that, that it was a blood issue that had to be addressed? That you, that, that the chances of you, of chances of you bleeding out was very high in, in the Ocean State job lot. But Judy prayed for that. Yeah. And prayed against it. And right. so. And then you get this little bundle of joy right here. She just woke up, so she's uh, <laughs> she's not very happy. She also has marker all over her. She likes, she likes to draw. She likes to tattoo them. They, our kids uh, like to tattoo themselves. Yeah. And you so if you're hi. against that, I'm sorry. It's washable. Okay, say hi. Say hi. Say hi, kitty cat. Nope. Okay, so anyways. Well, she's that, not going to That makes for great air. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sorry to those Radio. listening. Say Hallelujah. No, she said no. She just said no. She's, she's in a mood. No. So, uh, so with that, we're gonna close this. I think we're gonna close out this episode. And if I can encourage you, just know this: that that God's faithful. Um, the Bible says that He says, "Let God be true, and every man be a liar." That um, when you put your trust and faith in God, it's because He is faithful. Mm. We can have faith in Him because He's not gonna let His word go hit the ground. It's not gonna return to Him void. But what He says, He's gonna accomplish in our lives. And so. Um, so even in those times where you're, where you're hurting, where you're lost, where you're living in an RV, <laughs> where, where it seems like the situations are beyond your control, know this, that there's a God in heaven who loves you, who has a wonderful plan for your life. And when you seek him and when you continue to put him first, um, that he will make all things um, work out for your good and for his glory. And so uh, God bless you guys. Uh, we love you. Um, and I'm being told off camera that I got to cover some things. If you remember to subscribe, um, to our YouTube, but uh, also to our Spotify or iTunes, wherever it is, um, that you would like that you listen to your podcast, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe, follow, share, get this out there. Um, there's probably other people who can be encouraged by our story and, uh, and the journey and be encouraged by your testimonies as you send those in, as we share those, share those with your friends, families, by all means, we would love it for you to share this podcast with you, uh, with your friends and, uh, just know that God loves you 
He has a wonderful plan for your life, and um, we look forward to seeing you uh, back here for episode 12 very soon. And uh, do we have a giving thing? Yeah. Okay, and if you'd like to give to the ministry so that we can continue it going. It'll, it'll I, it, be linked below. There's going to be a link in the thing. If you'd like okay. to sow, sow into this ministry, by all means, feel free to do that. We'd love for you to partner with this ministry and, uh, and see what God does. This is still in the infant stages. So um, brought to you by, I, I always think of PBS when I say that. This is brought, brought to you by viewers like you. Uh, anyways, we love you guys. God loves you even more than we love you. And he has a wonderful plan for your life for the fifth time I said it. But let that sink in. Um, and so God bless you.